For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 119 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. That's right, baby. Oh, I like that! Um, I, I believe you could safely say that this episode is the quiet before the craziness. Because yeah. it's looking like... The wave like, is building. Yeah, it's looking like... Uh, monsoon of star wars awesomeness is going to be all over our fucking faces in the next few days i can't wait so uh in case anybody hasn't heard it's looking very likely that we will be getting the uh final trailer final full trailer the full trailer whatever the fuck it's called for the last jedi on monday october 9th and during espn's monday night football uh, they still have not officially announced it, which is fucking crazy to me. But apparently they didn't announce it till the day before last time they did a, a Monday Night Football trailer. So look for some sort of official announcement and maybe even a poster on Sunday. So uh, you guys know what that means. Next week we will be coming at you guys with our trailer reactions. I love doing that. And I've got a special guest lined up for that. Special surprise. You guys uh -oh. will hear it. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm excited. Who, I don't even know who it is. <laughs> I meant to tell you this before we started recording. It's someone we both like quite a lot that we've had on the show before. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, we got a few things to talk about. Nothing huge. Like I said, pretty quiet. Uh, and then, of course, listeners, voicemails, and emails. Probably be a pretty short show for you guys tonight, because I'm a little backed up on work. Will's a busy guy, so we're going to try and bang out a little something-something for you, but next week, who Just doggy? the facts. Who? Just the facts, y'all. <laughs> who doggy are we going to be coming at you hard next week? But before that... You I know mean, how we got to start. I mean, why delay the business? When I can Why just have give it you the later business? when you can have it now? I mean, I like the business. Do you like the business? I love the business. You know, I live for the business. 
Will Especially the way you do the business. Oh, like that! All right, well, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at Blue Harvest Podcast at gmail.com. We have shirts, mugs, notebooks, stickers, all those cool things available for sale to you right now on TeePublic at tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Do you hear that? Yeah. That's the sound of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network knocking. Mm. <laughs> and we oh, are... Very proud to be part of such an illustrious network of amazing Star Wars podcasts. Podcasts like, now this is podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, Cantina Cast, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. Only the most quality of Star Wars podcasts for your Star Wars podcast <coughs> listening needs. Now guys, now that that's out of the way. I saved literally the most important business I may have ever given you till the last. And this is no joke. Our good buddy, good friend to the podcast, friends, I should say, Gerard and Steve. Um, you know, Steve D and G Money, as you guys might know him. Uh, lost someone very close to them over the weekend during the horrible tragedy in Las Vegas. That's awful. And, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to them both uh, briefly to let them know, like, hey, I'm thinking about you guys. You need anything, let me know. Um, so, obviously, our thoughts go out to them. But if you guys have ever enjoyed hearing Steve on the podcast, hearing that amazing Kia D song, maybe think for a second about donating to the GoFundMe that they have set up for the family of... Um, the woman who lost her life, unfortunately. If you want to find that GoFundMe, it's my pinned tweet on my Twitter, on the Blue Harvest Pod Twitter. Uh, I will also be including it in the show notes this week. So if you guys have a couple extra bucks to, to spare and can help them out, it would be greatly appreciated. So uh, just wanted to get that out there. We're thinking about you guys, and um, you know, we hope it helps a little bit. That's an awful experience and um, a wasted, you know, somebody's life was ended when it could have been lived for years for no reason at all. And that's awful. And our heart goes out to them. Absolutely, buddy. Um, so like we were discussing before, it's looking very lightly, like likely that we'll be getting a trailer in a few days. Um, this was something that I, I actually got to give uh Oh, Jonathan Grasso props about this. This is a good topic. I wanted to throw your way. Um, I talked about my feelings on it on Rogue One a couple of weeks back, but since we're probably like three days out from a trailer, what do you want to see? What do you want to see in this Last Jedi trailer? Oh, you know what? Honestly, not too much. Not too much. I'm okay if it's short. You know, I don't want... I'm so excited for this movie and looking forward to having my mind blown that I don't want to know much more. I you know you. what I mean? Well, yeah, I know. And but I know that sounds weird, but... No, I understand. I totally understand. 
some more that they they hit me so hard for the appearance of luke like i want all of it i that's really what i wonder like i know i'm gonna get some cool scenes of finn and ray and poe and like but i want to see how much more luke they're going to give us in these trailers because i'm curious i wonder if they'll allude to him striking a lightsaber Ooh, um, i bet you if that happens in this movie which i hope it does but I bet if it does happen that that's nowhere going to be in a trailer. I would be I very mean, I, surprised. I doubt it you know? Um, I would be so surprised if they put that in a trailer. Um, but in the same way, I'd be real happy. I'd be real happy if it was in a trailer. Because then I'd be like, oh shit, it does happen. Now I don't have to worry about that. And then I could annoy Steel and be like, oh, what'd you think? And he'd be like, Jesus Christ, this is the 80th message I've gotten about this in five minutes. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm real excited for the trailer. I think we definitely will see more of Luke. I think that's probably a, a pretty good assumption, honestly. Um, you know. It's a cool space fight scene. Yeah, I think we probably will see some cool space fights. Maybe. We got a little clip of it in the first teaser. That's what know? I'm saying. I think they'll, you know, I wonder how much more they'll. Yeah, it, it makes me wonder, um, like, how much of it will be sort of expanding upon stuff we saw in the first teaser versus, like, new stuff that we haven't seen yet. Like, of all the things that we know in the movie, but we haven't actually seen footage of, like Porgs. Like, we know Porgs are in the movie, but we've not seen any actual film footage of it. Praetorian right. Guards, we know they're in the movie, but we haven't actually seen, you know, film actual footage from the film of them in right. action. I, I, that's the kind of stuff I wonder if we're going to see in this trailer. Um, I honestly think we'll probably end up seeing both. I think we'll see Porgs and Praetorian Guards, but... Do you know. think there's a sea monster out there in that first scene? Do you think, do I think there's going to be like a sea monster, like boom, right off the bat in the movie? No, in that, in that scene where Ray's training, Ray and Luke are training. Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, there have definitely been rumors and quiet whispers of some sort of sea monster in the movie. And uh, honestly, that's kind of um, died down. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. I'm just saying like, hasn't been a whole lot of news breaking about that whole sea monster thing. So either right. it was like signals getting mixed or it's like something they're trying to keep under wraps and it's like a big deal. Right. Uh, I don't know why, but ever since I heard that rumor, that's been something I have been down for. Day one, Ray fighting a sea monster. If that really happens, I'd really? be so stoked. I like that idea, man. I like the idea of her whipping some sea monster's ass. Um, but you know, really, it, it it's more than anything. It'll come down to the design of the monster. You know, like that's true. I'm not a huge fan of Rathars. If it was that's true, the Rathar equivalent, like. Like, say, Raftars weren't in Episode 7, then they did something else. Like, say, like, that was Rancors or something. Um, yeah. And then they were like, oh, there's a sea monster on, on Ochto, and the sea monster comes out, and it looked like a big Raftar, like a big uh, lolly bag with fucking uh, tentacles and shit. 
I would yeah. be like, oof, I don't like that. I think I did that, that's the more and more I think about it. It's not really the the Raftar sequence that I don't like, as it is just the design of the monsters. I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, I totally agree. So in news this week, um, there's been a few, you know, tiny to big announcements coming out of New York Comic Con. Uh, they announced that uh, Timothy Zahn is working on a follow-up to his Thrawn book from last year uh, that will be out this summer, I believe. So that's cool. Uh, they've unveiled some new Black Series figures, which you know I am all about. Uh, the ones I'm most excited about would be Forlom and Dengar, because I got right. to complete that Bounty Hunter set. Bounty Hunter set. I think once those come out, the only one that will be missing is Zuckus. Because they've done a Boba, they did an IG-88, a Bosk. They're doing Dengar and Forlom. So if I get those and get uh, Zuckus, then I'll have the, the full Bounty Hunter set. That'll be awesome. I will be quite excited. Uh, oh, I stopped by my, uh, my favorite antique shops last Saturday and picked up another couple fucking Star Wars vintage figures. Oh, I like mm. that! I That's got, nice. I got um, X-Wing pilot Luke and I got Yoda, both in beautiful, complete condition. So I'm quite pleased Damn. with that. Yeah. Um, You're a lucky man. You're going to buy up their whole collection or they're going to raise the price on you. Uh, no, nah, he actually cut me a deal. Oh, Dude, that's cool. That. I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I struck a deal since I got two figures. I don't know about buy up their whole collection because, like, I can't go every weekend and get a new vintage figure. Like, that's just financially irresponsible and impossible. So, like, I don't know about buy up their whole collection, but if I could use that as my resource to fill out most of my loose vintage, I definitely will because, like, I like the dude. The dude's nice. You know, his stuff seems legit. Like, it seems fairly priced, like, comparatively, like, you know, comparing what I got to like eBay prices on the same figures and stuff, it's definitely cheaper than going through eBay. And I know like nothing shady's going on. Like that's right. something that always kind of weirds me out about th- at least the vintage Star Wars stuff on eBay. Cause I know there's like reproduction weapons and, and parts and stuff out there. And like, uh, you know, so yeah, if I can go through this guy to get most of my loose vintage figures, I will. That'd be pimp. He's a nice dude. <clears throat> um, all right. What? Oh, I know. Here's a big thing. Battlefront 2's beta launched this weekend, or not? This people week, are this week. From what I read, people are really happy with what they what they see. Yeah, I uh, went and pre-ordered last weekend to get the beta code, and the beta opened on what was it? Tuesday or Wednesday? I believe it was Tuesday. Or no, no, no. It was Wednesday. It was the 4th. And um, and Wednesday night, I only had enough time to try out like one of each match type. Yeah. But I really enjoyed what I played. So they have um, an assault game type, which is on Naboo. So it's clones versus battle droids. Yeah. And on the clone side, you're basically trying to destroy... One of those, you know, those clone drop ships, not like the the ones that fly, like the pods that unfold and like drop all the battle droids onto the battleground. 
you're trying to destroy one of those before it gets up to Theed Palace. And then if oh, you wow. don't destroy it by then, you basically have to fall back and dis- and defend the throne room and keep them from um, like taking the throne room. That game type, now granted, it was the first thing I played in the beta. I did not do very well. I had a little bit of trouble sort of getting used to it and uh, and getting kills and stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like I eventually got the hang of it. And like I said, I only played one of each type, so... I definitely right. need some more practice. Um, it definitely feels more like a Star Wars battlefield than the previous one. Uh, okay. Like, you know how it's made by the same people that make the battlefield games, right? So it feels like a battlefield game set in Star Wars more so than like, because the original felt, I don't know, sort of arcadey to me. Like, there's definitely seems like there's more room for, like, strategy and squads. They've got uh, loadouts, so you can be, like, assault or heavy or a sniper or an officer right. and stuff like that. It, not everybody is whipping around with the jetpacks anymore. That's, like, a very special thing that you have to get. I do like that uh, it's no longer power-up based, so you're not running around, like, trying to grab the hero icons or the vehicle icons before other people get them and stuff. Right. You basically earn points, uh, battle points, I believe they're called. And then you can cash those in on heroes or vehicles and all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, I like that more. It, it, it was, it kind of ruined the immersion for me in battlefront, uh, that came out two years ago. When you have to like, oh, I, I, you know what I want to do? I want to be in an X-Wing. Oh, let me run up to the glowing icon and press my two buttons and hope I summon it before people kill me, you know? like, Or let me hope I get to the the X-Wing button before someone else does or right. I won't see one the whole match. Exactly. Same thing goes with the hero ships and stuff. Um, what? Uh, okay, so... That was Assault. The second game uh, type I played was Strike. Um, it's on Takodana uh, around Maz's, Maz's castle. So it's right. First Order versus Resistance. Um, and in this, the Resistance is trying to get into Maz's castle, get an item, and then carry it to their extraction point. And right. to, to me, it looked like it was... Uh, I only saw the item briefly, but it looked like it was the chest that the lightsaber is in in Maz's Oh, castle. wow. Um, but I was on the First Order side. It was neat kind of playing as the First Order troopers. I mean, it doesn't play any differently. It's not like... But it was, you know, it was kind of neat seeing the new stuff and the prequel stuff because the first one was, uh, you know, all original trilogy. Right. But it was fun. Uh, I gotta say, so far... The one that to me has the best changes to it is uh, the Starfighter mode. Man, really? the Starfighter mode is really cool. Oh, man. I'm so excited. Okay. You know, I love that part. So, <clears throat> this one, the Starfighter mode in this one, in the beta at least, takes place in space uh, above the planet Fondor. Right. And there is like this Imperial space station where there is a star destroyer docked 
And your mission as the rebellion I played on the mission uh, on the rebellion side in the one match I played is you're trying to take down all the defenses around the star destroyer and then dis- and then destroy the star destroyer. That's your objective. And no. you know how in the first battlefront, the first EA battlefront, when you played starfighter mode, like it was kind of pulled way back, like your sh- your ship was very small in the middle yeah. of your screen. Dude, yeah. they zoomed in a lot, which took some getting used to, but I really like it. It feels very I don't know, like I enjoyed Starfighter Assault or whatever it was called, but this feels more like less random and just like like randomly flying around in circles up and down and stuff. It I don't know. Like the 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 UI and the directions and everything feel like you're actually piloting a starfighter in a big space battle. Um, wow! And like the first wave, you have to protect your Corillian Corvettes when they come in, so they can do damage to like the shield generators and like it. It goes in like three steps, and man, I really, really enjoyed it. Damn. Um, it looks like on the Rebellion side, you can choose from X-Wing, Y-Wing, and A-Wing. And then, of course, you can cash in your battle points for, uh, in the beta at least, the Millennium Falcon and Poe's X-Wing. Those were the hero ships available. Oh, shit. Uh, on the enemy side, it looked like Slave One and Darth Maul's ship from The Phantom Menace. Right. And then I think Is that it the was... the Infiltrator? I, I believe. I believe that's correct. Um, on the Empire side, your three choices of ship look to be TIE Fighter, TIE Interceptor, and TIE Bomber. Okay. TIE Bomber's cool. Mm-hmm. I want to see what that's like. Yeah, I mean, it's I, it, for gameplay purposes, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be like... It's uh, the Bomber. It's like the Y-Wing, right? Exactly. It's, it's you know, the Empire's version of the, the Y-Wing for gameplay purposes. Like... Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, man, I'm playing uh, what little I did. I'm going to try, hopefully have time to really dig into the beta this weekend and put it through its paces and maybe get a little better at it. Uh, yeah. But it's it's definitely left me pretty damn excited for that game. So, uh, I'm excited. I can't tell you how excited I am. I'm somewhat toying around the idea of doing a Blue Harvest stream for release night on Battlefront. Uh, if you're available, we could add you in um, and get that all set up and stuff. Right. But uh, I think that might be kind of a fun time. Hang out with some listeners and play some Battlefront and uh, you know, hang out in the Twitch chat room and stuff. I'll let you guys know uh, a little closer to the release of the game if, if we're going to uh, attempt that or not. But it's kind of what I'm... Twi- Twitch is cool. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy Twitch. You know, I used to watch the Food Channel on Twitch a lot. Dude, I still tune in to that that cooking on Twitch channel. Like, I probably will tonight now that I've said it. Yeah. It, once you are reminded of it, like, I go in spurts where, like, I'll watch it every day for, like, a week while I'm working and, and stuff. And then I'll be like, oh, I'm starting to see shows I've already seen. Like, <clears throat> right. And then I'll put it down for a little while and end up going back. Um, because they switched it up. Oh, because, yeah. Uh, okay, to tell you guys what I'm talking about is on, on Twitch, 
you can watch people play video games live, you know, watch them play, you know, they stream it. And, uh, but there's also channels and one of the channels is a cooking and food channel and it shows old food shows from like, mm, let's say the nineties. Uh, but, and they used to show Jacques Pepin and Julia Child and, the two of them cooking together is so hilarious and all the people that are joining the chat are trolling over on the side and that shit cracked me up so hard dude i'd be watching that and i would be laughing at what everybody was saying about the show and um it's hilarious and then to watch them cook you know watch them drop that knowledge and cook everything that they're so passionate about was incredible yeah and taught it, me a lot yeah that's what i'm saying it's actually really um really educational like I remember watching, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with cooking shows. I used to watch, um, I can't, he used to be called the Gallopin' Gourmet. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. I should know who that is. I can't remember what his real name is. I'm sure I'll be like, oh, I should have known that. He then, um, he had like a heart attack and it like scared him real bad. So he, his next show was like all about health healthy food cooking like very health conscious where he would take a uh like a standard recipe and write out all the nutritional information sodium calories you know his name is his name is graham kerr graham kerr and i know what you're talking about um because he was on the food channel as well yes yes and then he would take that recipe and remix it so it was much healthier and he would show you the end result Used to be yeah, and he would do it all on like a whiteboard. Yes, with dry erase markers. Yep. <clears throat> um, I used to be obsessed with that when I was a kid. That show specifically, I don't know why. And it obviously doesn't show in my eating habits or the appearance of my body. Like, if I was really that obsessed, you think I would have taken some of it to heart. But I was like, well, you, know you think you can't cook, and it's just repetition is all it is. <laughs> Cooking is repetition. I mean. This is the thing. Like, if I was on my own, could I cook and survive? Yes, absolutely. I'm not like a complete idiot in the kitchen. I'm just not good at cooking. It's a t- there. You're right. There is a lot of repetition. It's like uh, when you see someone that's a really good artist, and someone says to them, "Oh man, I wish I could draw like that," and they say, "You could. It just takes practice." Okay, maybe, but also. Probably not. Like, there are certain things that just require an innate talent, you know? Like, uh, what's something else that... I'm trying to think of something, like, I'm good at that's, like, a talent and not just practice. There's not much. It's it's kind of an empty lolly bag of tricks over here. Podcasting, you're very good at. Thanks, buddy. Um, Yeah, but I think that was more just practice than anything practice 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 but like you know our buddy evan is an amazing what did i just tell you about cooking repetition practice 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 yeah but no offense like i'm sure you've heard podcasters that are in like episode you know four or five hundred episodes in that still aren't that great they've got a ton of practice it's just like i don't know man like i'm trying to like okay our buddy evan like, yes, he worked very hard for his artistic skills. He's an amazing artist. Part right. of that is the work he put in, but part of that is just naturally born talent. Like, right. I trust me, from someone who went to art school, I practiced drawing 
for 40 to 50 hours a week in art school. And it just, I could never be at the level that other people in my class were. And it wasn't for lack of trying or dedication. It's just a matter of talent. Like I did not have that drawing talent at the level, you know, that these people did. Right. I'm not a terrible, I'm not terrible at drawing, but I'm also like, I'm not going to make a living off of it. You know, I, I, I'm not going to be, uh, ever be a professional artist. Right. <clears throat> so. But I mean, if you're passionate about it. Yeah. You should I mean, do it. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. Um, but I love that channel. And there, it's, it's, when I watched it again, Jacques and Julie aren't on there anymore. But, you know, uh, you should check it out. There's, there's some cool stuff on there I know. You know, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I grew up on the uh, – my dad watched Rachel Ray and uh, Anthony Bourdain and uh, uh, Gordon Ramsay. You know what's funny? Anytime I, th- I see Rachel Ray, I, you know what I think to myself? What's that? Will's got a big old crush on that lady. Oh, man, she's fine. I re- you know why I remember this? Because when I was in the hospital – one day my mom came into t- uh, town to visit me and you also happened to be up there visiting me. I was. And my mom was watching Rachel Ray and you and my mom started getting talking about cooking and you mentioned that you had a crush on Rachel Ray. So now my mom always brings that up. Anytime Rachel Ray comes up, she goes, nah, and I know Will likes her too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I won't lie. I'm sure she's an awful person. Like I'm sure she's no fun to be around or whatever. Just because, cele- you know, you think celebrities are. Yeah, I don't know that. I'm not saying she is. I'm just assuming the worst because I'd be disappointed because she's fine. Will's got a big old thing for uh, Rachel Ray. Big time. All right. So uh, you want to crack into some voicemails and some emails? Yeah. Let's do it to it. So it looks like we have... One email and four voice messages. So we will get into them right now. Uh, First up, though, you know how we start it. You know how we do. Hit it. Here it comes. So, um, first up, we got our buddy, Neil. And Neil actually uh, comes in with a little bit of information for us. Uh-oh, you know, dropping, knowledge. dropping some knowledge on our ass. 
you know how last week we were talking about all the planets in Battlefront right. 2. Uh, he's got a little information about one of those planets that we didn't know much about. Uh, and this is what he has to say. Hey, Halls and Will. Vardos is the home planet of Iden Versio and her father, Garrick Versio, who was a high-ranking Imperial fig- figure. Part of Inferno Squad takes place on Vardos as Aiden is trying to find a way into the Dreamers, which is the remaining portion of Saul Guerrero's partisans. I find this intriguing because we may see some further interactions between Aiden and her father after the fall of Vader and the Emperor, your friend in the Force, Neil from Chicago. Well, hell yeah. I totally should have known that because I read... A good little chunk, or listen to a good little chunk of um, uh, Inferno Squad. I didn't finish it. Something else came up that I started listening to. I'm not sure. Maybe it was uh, Steel releasing damn near 30 episodes of podcasts in a month, and I was trying to keep up with all that. Info dump. Fucking titan of podcasting. Showing everybody, like... Look at these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome, though. It was awesome waking every waking up every morning and being like, hell yeah, a couple episodes from my buddy to listen to at work today. I love not running out of podcasts at work. I love it. Yeah, especially for someone like you who ha- you know needs those for what you do. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, by the way, Will, I'm, you may know this. Iden Versio, that's the lady you play as in the campaign. Right, Battlefront Two. I didn't know if you were aware of that or not. Just wanted to make sure. In the trailer, you you see her get the information that the Emperor's did, I believe. Yes, and in the latest trailer, you see her what looks like she's about to face off with Luke Skywalker. Right on. So yeah, count me in for that. Mm. All right, that'd be so awesome. Yeah, man, I'm, I am really looking forward to that, that story campaign in Battlefront 2. So am (laughs) I. I enjoyed the last story campaign, not Battlefront, but the EA first, the EA second Battlefront, the story of the 501st, like that was, was, oh, you mean the, you mean the LucasArts second Battlefront, the original Battlefront 2, yeah, I uh that that game came out close to the release of Revenge of the Sith, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy no. that we went uh fucking 10 years in between Battlefront games. Yeah. Lucas Lucas Arts was uh famously having some issues like <clears throat> we knew a guy that worked there. Yeah, we did. We did know a guy through a guy. That guy would be really interesting to have on the podcast because he worked on, um, he worked Force on Unleashed one and two, and I believe he also worked on like at least one, if not a couple of projects that never came to pass, like that ended up getting canceled when you know Disney bought Lucasfilm and stuff. So, right, I would. I, I need to talk to our friend. Our mutual friend. And see if maybe he could set that up. I also don't know how much he Michael. could. Michael. Yeah, hi, guys. It's Michael. Michael. Um, I don't, also don't know how much he could tell us. His buddy could tell us. I don't know if he's like under NDAs or can't talk about that kind of stuff. But I imagine since LucasArts got sold to Disney, 
it uh, wouldn't hurt anything just to hear what he had to say. Yeah, but that's a that's a good point. I would uh, that would be a really be good guest. being hit with a cease and desist for I, I bet. <laughs> uh, be a really good guest. I need to talk to Michael about that. I'm gonna do that. Good call, Will. Thanks for hey man. Sometimes I come through. Thanks for uh, stirring the mind grapes on that one. I'll tickle your mind grapes. <clears throat> I'll tickle your lolly bag. Mm. Your damn ass lolly bag. Yeah. Sounds lovely. So. <coughs> oh, no, Uh-oh. 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 <coughs> I should just. Standing next to a mountain. I chop it down. With, with the, the edge, edge of my hand. hand. Um. Yeah, so I gotta thank. <coughs> oh shit! Uh oh. I gotta thank our buddy Matt Frost for uh, introducing Lolly Bag to my personal lexicon. I <coughs> trying to uh, overuse it today, so it becomes my new go-to word for nutsack. Apparently, that is. Australian Australian sir, uh, slang. Oh, is that where you keep your lollies? For your ball bag. For your ball bag. Desus and Marrow. They're like, hey, ball bags. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, next up, we have our buddy Richie. I was trying to From roll. Boston? My, did you hear that? I was trying to roll my R's. Did you hear how stupid that came out? It came on. Richie. It came on strong. It didn't roll, but it came on strong. <laughs> it did not roll. You'd think of all... Th- I'm like, I'm so good at rolling. That's all I do. Rolling, 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 rolling. But... Uh, I made a Meatwad rap song about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's uh, hear what our buddy Richie has to say this week. What's up, Paws and Will? It's your buddy Richie. Wanted to ask you guys about figures this week. Um, you know, I was listening to... You guys waxing poetic about vintage figs a little bit, especially with the, um, you know, that vintage toy shop. I've picked up some a couple of vintage figs. I actually really, really love the droids. That, you know, the the 3PO is by far my my favorite figure. The 1977 vac metalized vintage figure, C3PO. You know, the sculpt, everything about him, and. To be quite honest, I can't stand C-3PO as a character, but I love that figure. Um, what is it about the vintage figs that makes them so popular? You know, I also heard my guys over at Brews and Blasters talking about Hascon, and they said that Hasbro's going to be coming out with a technology that's like laser cut and all this stuff, and the face sculpts are going to be very very realistic to the actors that portray the characters and this is on the three and three quarter line so the figures are very high quality now and they're much different than the vintage figs like the vintage figs you had big head han little head han didn't look anything like harrison ford you had blonde haired luke with a yellow lightsaber and then i find out there's like a brown haired variation with a yellow lightsaber didn't look anything like Mark Hamill. Um, a lot of these figures were just slightly off. Even look at that R2-D2 again. Off. But 
everybody loves the vintage figures. And even, you know, as I started thinking about it, I I got the, the three and three quarter figs from TFA for the kiddos. I thought about jumping into that line again myself, and then I get into Black Series. And now I'm like, I'm even thinking about dropping the Black Series and the three and three quarter from the new stuff and going back into vintage figure collecting. To say nothing about how I feel about He-Man, because you know I love those figures. Those are the ones that I really grew up with. But, like, I'm really thinking about picking up the vintage Star Wars collecting again. Why is it that those are so popular, given everything I just laid out? what What is it about those that people love and gravitate towards, even today? All right, guys. I think that's all I wanted to ask. Take care. Man, that okay. is that is a complex question. Why don't you? I don't. Take I it? don't. I was about to say. I think I can simplify it for you. Okay. Um, I think it is a question of nostalgia. They were the very first toys to come out. You know, there's a whole generation of adults who grew up as children. But that was the, all the Star Wars toys they had. That was all that they knew. That's what their whole childhood and imagination of the Star Wars universe was built on. You know, like, their love for this world and the technology for making these figures has advanced so much in, in the time. Um, just m- the molding of plastic, the technology in that, you know, and the quality back in the day. Uh, back in the day, you know, in the 70s and 80s, you know, toys didn't necessarily have to look exactly like whatever they were, you know, as long as it was a good shot, as long as it was close. You know, kids were going to play with it no matter what. Um, but the quality and the demand for quality has steadily gone up since then, and the ability to reproduce that has as well. Uh, hearing that they're laser cut, it, it sounds like there's going to be even more quality, you know, and competition coming soon. So. It's just, I, I, th- I think that's what it is. It's because people, you know, it's nostalgia. Like, that's why the vintage are so awesome, you know. And l- like anything, as things age with time, their value increases. Yeah, I mean, there's, I think what you said is the A number one reason. It's a nostalgia thing. I know when I was a kid, I was born in 83. So by the time I saw Star Wars, it was probably 87. And by the time I, w- like, would think about there being star Wars toys. Um, they just weren't around. Like I could ask my parents for star Wars toys for Christmas all day and they just couldn't find them. They weren't on store shelves every day. I, I got a couple of things, uh, for Christmas star Wars related when I was really young. And it, it literally just had to be like stuff that was in like clearance bins and stuff because like, uh oh but i was so stoked i got uh a death star droid a rancor and one of the tie fighters i don't know if it was a tie interceptor or uh vader's tie i know it wasn't the regular tie fighter because the regular vintage tie fighter was white or gray grayish white (laughs) i didn't have that i can't remember which one it was um and I was so stoked, but like never like a, you know, a Darth Vader or a Luke cause they just, they weren't around. Um, but yeah, so I'm nostalgic for those cause I had family members like cousins and stuff that had those old figures 
and like would never let me play with them. They had like cases full of vintage Star Wars figures, and it's not like they were playing with them. They were just hoarding them over me and not letting me play with them. But like right. I would sneak it like <clears throat> they were at my grandmother's house, so like I would sneak into the the closet and pull out the Star Wars cases and just open them and look at all these cool figures and stuff. And like I always would be like, "Damn, I want these." So for me, that's what it is. Is it was you know growing up not being able to find them. The first time I was able to find Star Wars figures regularly was Power of the Force in the nineties. Yeah, which and, is kind of when came out when they were special editions came out. Yeah, a little bit before I believe, like slightly yeah. before. Right. <clears throat> um. And you know those. I mean, let's be honest, those original Power of the Force don't look great. Like, everybody's too buff and shit. I'm actually kind of nostalgic for those, to be honest. Like, when I see that package. I'm nostalgic for those. Yeah. Because that's what I grew up with. Right. I was born in 85. I'm not, you know, I'm younger. I'm not not a millennial, but I don't even like the term, I guess, because I am one. They, They say millennials, anyone born after 1980. Really? So I'm a millennial? That's you know that's what I, I keep hearing, I, but I I don't feel I'm, like a millennial. I some of my sensibilities are like millennial, but I remember I remember not having a cell phone, and I guess my <clears throat> identity still remembers. But like looking at the vintage figures, there's just something cool about them. Like yeah, yeah they don't look like who they're supposed to look like, but there's just something fucking rad about them. Like. Luke's got a yellow saber. That's weird. Why does... Like, I can kind of get that... I, actually, I don't... Why? I still don't know. Why does Luke have a yellow saber? You know? Like, I know by the time Return of the Jedi rolled around and they're doing Jedi Luke, he had a green saber. Or, if you're lucky, a blue saber. That's the hard one to find. Blue saber, Luke. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know why. And... and I think it's nostalgia. I think that there's just something really cool about them. The amount, I don't, I mean, yeah, I guess they have. I don't know. It just seems like there's so much out there in the vintage line, like the true vintage line where there's the figures, there's the vehicles, there's the little die cast play sets, there's the big play sets. They did. Well, like I said, there's a whole generation of adults who grew up with that. There's Mm -hmm. a whole generation of moms who let that squeak out at the yard sale. Yep, yep. And, you know, uh, I still have my Death Star droid that I got when I was four or five. And uh, all the other stuff I had, you know, burnt up in the house fire. So that's a bummer. That is a bummer. Um. But yeah, I um, I don't know. Other than you know those reasons, I don't really know what the appeal is. I'll say though, uh, this new head scanning technology he's talking about is really impressive. So, uh, I, I obviously I don't have any of the three and three quarter inch figures. I think those are going to start sometime next year with the new head sculpt technology they're using. But I have uh, the Hascon exclusive Captain Rex, which is a Black Series figure. And I'll be damned if that doesn't look like Tamora Morrison under that helmet. It's really impressive. Really impressive. So, yeah. And I'm not going to... I mean, obviously, I love collecting modern Star Wars stuff, too. 
I mean, that's pretty obvious, but there's just something inherently cool about that old vintage stuff. Okay. <clears throat> Let me pull up our next voicemail. Uh, we will see. This is Demarcus. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Haas and Will. This is Demarcus. Uh, so it's a Wednesday morning. I'm playing the Battlefront 2 beta. Quick side note. Awesome game. Uh, shit ton more depth than the first Battlefront. It's, uh, but it's going to take me quite a while to get decent, let alone good. Good God, I am garbage right now. Um, <laughs> I play on PSN, Skywalking Kenobi. But um, back to the point at hand here. So while I'm playing Battlefront, I'm also listening to the uh, book that just recently came out. The, um, like, the stories, but I can't think of the name right off the top of my head. And I just listened to the Boba Fett chapter. And I'm just going to say, just take a few quotes that I picked up here. Mama Fett didn't raise no fools. That sounds like a J.D. Fett quote. Um, Maybe he's been uh, talking to his cousin J.D. Fett, huh? And then Flash Bang. Well, the way he said it was worse than how... It's I say it, but he said flashbang three tiny ash piles. That entire chapter was cringe worthy. Question to you guys: Do you think that this personality they gave Boba Fett oh, is no. what they're gonna use moving forward? This Boba Fett, if you will, <laughs> oh, no. or is this just written for the book and to be disregarded when they do make an eventual Boba Fett movie? Just want to get your thoughts, because this Broba Fett, I'm not, I'm definitely not feeling it. But um, again, love the podcast, guys. Oh, hold up. You have a great one. May the force be with you. Oh, Marcus, thank you for the voicemail. Yeah, buddy. Demarcus. uh... Demarcus, sorry. Um, It is good to hear that you're enjoying the Battlefront 2 beta you know, you and Hawes both, because it just makes me even more excited. Yeah, it's good to hear that I'm not the only one that was bad to start off with. So No, man, I mean, y'all, y'all relax, because everybody, you know, that's what the beta's for, that's what the first couple days at the game, you know, once you put some time in, boom, you're gonna kick, you know, you can kick ass. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I hope I get better. I don't like sucking at a game, but it's not like I'm not one of those dudes that's going to have a meltdown and throw controllers and shit like that. Like, but if if I just constantly get killed over and over and don't feel like I'm doing good, it's definitely not going to keep me interested. Um, I I don't think you know we'll you, see. me, and Demarcus all three are going to play plenty enough to be a kick ass. Yeah. I feel like. Um. As, as far as the Boba Fett shit, man, I hope not. <laughs> cringeworthy I hope not. is appropriate because yeah. So it's that's the only way to describe it. I hope not. I hope I, that's not Boba Fett. I've also been listening to the audiobook for, of from a certain point of view, um, and I've been really enjoying it thus far. I don't know how many stories I'm, I'm how far I'm into the book as far as like stories because there's forty of them. I will say there's been three that I haven't really enjoyed, and one of them was the Boba Fett story. And like he's right, it is cringeworthy. Boba Fett. It. Oh my Bro-ba-fet. god. It's so. And I hope that's not how, 
they go with it. I hope this portrayal sounds like a robot chicken portrayal of Boba Fett. Uh, Steel like. has used that analogy. I've seen other people use that analogy, and it is spot on. That is what it feels like to me. Is the robot chicken version of Boba? And you, Fett. this is Paul Dini, the guy that did animated Batman. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's so fucked up because you know. Boba Fett is basically Batman, and I don't mean that, but like everybody expects him to be a sto- silent, stoic badass, right? That's just what everybody expects. That's why it's so far removed to hear him like this. Because what do you expect? Like a stoic badass? What was he in the first Star Wars? A stoic bad, like one, two lines. You know, yeah. like I, you know, it's just I hope. That's not a sign of where they want to take the character. I hope what happened was when they were, you know, accepting pitches or approaching people about writing for this anthology, Paul Dini was like, I don't know, what if I just write like a a screwball version, you know, Broba Fett story? And they were like, oh, that'd be fun and funny. I'm like, let's mix it up like that. I hope they didn't like, he didn't sit down with the story group and they were like, okay, we want you to tackle Boba Fett. And he was like, awesome. Okay. We want him to act like an Axe body spray commercial. That's what we want. And <laughs> he's like, oh, that's awful. And he was like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, because we've got a Boba Fett movie in the pipeline, and that's exactly how he is. He's like I'm a Red Boba Bull. Fett, the mercenary you wish your mercenary could be. He's like a Red Bull rep for a uh, restaurant. You know what I'm talking about? Those dudes that go and try to sell energy drinks to restaurants. Yeah. You know. You definitely know. Dude, they always send the girls in the restaurants. Oh, really? They send the girls, yeah, with short shorts and Red Bull backpacks. I'm using this as an analogy because I met someone that was like I a never rep. met the Red Bull guy. I, I don't know if it was Red Bull or it was Monster, Monster. or it was I know Nos, what you're talking about. But I went to a Stone Cobra show at the Nick, and there was these guys there that came together <laughs> And one of them was some sort of energy drink rep. And he had like a car wrapped in graphics for that energy drink. And like he was Boba Fett from that story. He was a coked up version of Boba Fett from that story. That's awful. And like, I don't know why, but he would not leave me alone. Like spoiler alert guys, like I don't fuck around with the Coca-Cola. So like, it's not like he had a reason to hang out with me. It's not like I, he came up to me and he was like, you want to do some, you want to do some rails? And I was like, yeah, a lot of chop them up. That's not me. And like, I just wanted to hang out with people I knew. Cause you know me, like I'm weird with strangers, you know? Yeah. We've had some bad experiences at the Nick and shit with some crazy people. Yeah. But so many good experiences too. That's not what, you know, I'm not, I know what you that. mean, but I'm like, saying, the Nick is a wonderful place. I've had many fantastic nights there. And, and, but there's there's a handful of times when one person... Have you ever noticed this? Because Jesse... It took a while. Because I always used to tell this to Jesse. And she never saw it. But now she does. Like, I'm trying not to be insensitive about this. But strange people out in public end up being drawn to me like a magnet for some reason. Have you ever noticed I, that? Do you know why I think it is? Why is that? Because they think because it's, it's your stationary. Oh, you're so not, I'm an easy you're target. Not gonna, you're not going to shuffle away. What well, is anybody? They're going to like, oh, oh, all right, and then like find a way to shuffle through the crowd away. 
Yeah, but like, I see, I always thought maybe it was like a subconscious thing where they're like, well, he's in a wheelchair, so he's got to be weird. I'm going to go hang no, out with him. He's not going to judge me for being a weird asshole. I mean, real weird. There was this guy. Uh, uh, th- th- we don't have time to get into Nick's stories. <laughs> we could have a whole podcast on Nick's stories. You yeah. should have Steve here for that, though. That'd be a classic. Oh, I'm sure Steve has. Bring, bring Steve back for an episode of, of just uh, a... Star Wars Jeopardy and Nick stories. Yeah, I, I'm sure Steve's stories from going to the Nick are much more plentiful than mine. He's, He's got better ones than we do. I'm sure. I passed out one time at the Nick. You like, sure did. And I thought you were... Okay, we'll tell this real quick. I No, just... we got to save that one for the Nick stories. No, 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 no. no. This is too good. So, I... It was literally like a month after I moved to Birmingham. Will hadn't moved here yet at this point. He came into town to go to a Stone Cobra show with me. It was like October or November. I know it was a little cold outside. We were sitting outside on like the benches at the Nick, you know, cutting jokes and just having a good old time, having some drinks. And Will, out of nowhere falls all the way back laid out flat on the bench and i thought he was just being funny at first like i thought he was joking around and like i was like ha 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 and then he started snoring and i realized homeboy just smoothed passed out in front of me dude it was scary i know i bet like i was recovering from like a minor surgery and i hadn't eaten all day and uh i started drinking some cold beers and i think you know, we sat down outside in that cold. I think my blood pressure bottomed out. I, you know, like my blood sugar and my blood pressure, you know, just boom, passed I out. Mean, it's, it, I mean, it shouldn't it, have been it, drinking it, on an empty stomach and, you know, healing and all that shit. That's he, what it was. He, I, so I've seen it happen to you twice. I've seen yeah. you pass out twice. And both times were fucking horrifying. That time was the better of the two because you were on a bench. Yeah. The second time, you, you passed out standing up and your head landed right on a propane tank and yeah it, it went boom and like i was like oh my god will's dead oh my god Will's dead. Then too. Uh, you know yeah it, it, when's the last time you passed out has it happened super oh, recently the last one no that was the last one well that's good that, at least that time yeah like i it only happens when i get real ill i think because i don't know i really don't know maybe i have some minor brain tumor i uh, did Dude, don't fuck around. You, I'm gonna be anxious about that all night now. Don't fuck around like that. I don't like that. I don't, Dude, don't, I don't play like any, that. I don't have any other symptoms. If it makes you feel better, that's good. That's good. Man, I'm telling you, you guys, <laughs> you guys fuck with my anxiety like it's a joke. And now I'm gonna be laying in bed and I'm gonna wake Jesse no, up no. and I'll be like, Jesse, do you think Will passes out because he's got a minor brain tumor? And she's gonna be like, <laughs> What are you talking about? Because she's never seen you pass out. That She's was, never seen it happen. That was well that was, before that was back Jesse. in the old days. Yeah, it was well before Jesse came around. Yeah, uh, and she's gonna be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" It happened to me once in college. I was sick again. I was sick, and I didn't feel well. And I got up in the middle of the night. I slept on the top bunk, so I got off my top bunk, and I was uh, there was a communal bathroom in a hall, and I got out into the hall, and then like I didn't. That's the last thing I remember is going out into the hall. And then all I remember is like waking up and I'm staring at the ceiling and I got these pins and needles feeling all over my body. And I'm like, 
what's going on? Where am I? I'm like, I'm in the floor. Like, and then I sit up and there's like a little pool of blood oh. behind my head. Cause I did that shit again. Like I passed out from standing up and I smacked, the, I did it backwards and I smacked the back of my head on the, like a tile floor, like, you know, like concrete dorm building tile floor. Um, and I got up and I cleaned myself up and, uh, I made myself stay awake until morning. Cause that was at like two or 3 AM. Yeah. You're afraid of a concussion. Afraid I had a concussion. And then I went to the campus, um, what what is it on campus? What's the health the, center or whatever. Yeah, I went to the health center, and they had said that I had a minor concussion, and uh, it didn't feel like it. But I'd be damned. They give you a neurological exam where they ask you a couple questions. What uh, I'm gonna give you three objects to remember, and then they uh, give you three objects. They ask you, do you know what year it is? Do you know what today's date is? Do you know who the president is? You know, and some other stuff like that. And uh, depending on your answers, you know, that assesses your neurological awareness and stuff. And uh, I'll be damned if I could not remember. And then at the end of the test, they asked me what those three objects were. And I was like, I don't remember. I don't remember what those three objects were. And I was again, and I, it took me a minute to tell them who the president was and what the month was. And I was like, it was scaring me because up until that point, it hadn't felt like anything was wrong, but right. having yeah. a minor concussion and not being able to remember simple things. Like I was like, Oh damn. Like some of them came back real slow, but I was like, damn, this is not where my mind usually is. Like, this is the thing. Like seeing you pass out is scary. The scariest part is right when you come to from passing out. Because, oh, really? yeah, man, because you have this look on your face and in your eyes, like you don't recognize anyone around you, and you just like go, "I'm fine. I'm okay. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine." Like, you know what I mean? Like that's because everybody's freaking out, and they're all looking like it's like you know you've got ten people's faces. You're just trying to tell everybody, like, "Look, I'm fine. Back up. Like, I'm fine." I know, but you also have to understand why people are doing that. Like, right, they right, just saw right. you drop like a sack of potatoes, son. No, it's embarrassment is what it I is. I understand. That feeling is embarrassment. I totally understand that. I'm just saying, like, A, don't be embarrassed. B, like, it's scary. It's scary because, like, you can tell, like, you're trying to come to, basically. I'm trying to gather my shit. All right. <clears throat> Next up, we have a voice message from our buddy Jonathan. And I have a feeling I'm going to dig this one, at least I hope, because the subject line is a droid body. Hey, Haas and Will. Um, I couldn't help thinking about what you said about transferring your consciousness to a robot and having a robot body. So that led me to this idea. If you could transfer your consciousness to any robot platform or droid platform in the Star Wars universe, what would it be? Um, I'm kind of leaning towards myself, uh, a medical droid. They look pretty rad, dude. They've got that clear torso, and, uh, and they have this posh job on a medical frigate. Wouldn't be a bad gig. Or an R2 unit. It would be pretty cool riding around in the back of an X-Wing. Um, I don't know. So... You know, think about that. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. All right. Keep up the great podcasting and may the force be with you. Thanks, buddy. <clears throat> Preferred... Dude, excellent question. That is an excellent, excellent question. question. Like, I can see the appeal of being an R2 droid and getting to ride fucking backseat in the X-Wings and, you know, A-Wings and Y-Wings and all that shit. But you also got to think, like, you're such an easy target back there. I mean, you're a soldier. You run the risk of being killed just like any other soldier. That's true. That's true. 
Yeah, I don't but, mean that as a dig, but I mean, you know, if you're going to be a droid, why be a battle droid? Well, I ain't going to be he, a battle droid. He said he'd be a medical droid. Medical droid does seem cool. I think 2-1-B, the medical droid, is real cool. But I'm not going to lie. I think if I had to be put in a specific body from a Star Wars robot body, I guess Lobot doesn't count because he's a person. Like, I mean, that's too he's easy. He's a cyborg. Nah, he's, I don't even know if he's considered a cyborg. Um, that's not a person? That's all android? No, that is a person. <clears throat> I'm oh, okay. saying I don't even think he's considered a cyborg. Like, I think he's still more person than cyborg. Bor- berg, cyborg. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, I just I'm figured not. if Lando could turn him on. Yeah, well, they went into that in the Lando comic, why Lobot's all fucked up. Lobot used to be... Uh, more put together, I guess you could say. Um, but I'd go IG-88. and IG-88 all day. Uh, fuck yeah. That's what I'm saying. Put me in IG-88. My head's constantly on a swivel. Like nobody can come to me, son. Just left and right all day. Left, right, left, right, left, right. Um, what about you? What what droid from robot or droid from robot droid from <laughs> if Starzer. i have to pick one mm-hmm. I, i'd probably be a k2so that was kind of my second second choice they because I, I it seems more appealing to be in a more humanoid body right you know and that's that's what i'm you know i was thinking about it and i was like it would be more badass to be an r2 style uh you know astromech i get what is he an astro he's astromech a, yeah yeah, so like a, an all-purpose space droid, you know. But I feel like R two gets a lot more respect than the rest of his fellow R two units. I don't know why. You, I just uh, I feel like maybe all the other droids are treated like droids, and everybody treats R two like a person. Right. Well, and this is the thing. Like, yeah, being an R two unit would be cool, but from my personal perspective, like they roll around. I've already lived that life. I'm tired of rolling around. I want to walk around. Jets. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe they got jets. Maybe they got jets when that shit is convenient. You know. (laughs) Whatever. Um, (laughs) We won't go there. We won't get into that. Uh, But yeah, I want to walk around. So, K2 droid, cool, for sure. For sure, that's a good answer in my eyes. Uh, I don't want to be that fucking weird insect-looking robot on the sand crawler. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, yeah. No, I don't no want to be the brain in a jar spider. Oh, the, the Bomar monks. Fuck that. If I woke up in a robot spider body, I'd commit robot suicide. No, thank you. No, thank you. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's go to our uh, last voicemail for the evening, and this will wrap us up. It is from our good buddy, 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 the king of all toms, King Tom. Hello, Hoss and Will. King Tom here. How are you guys doing? Been following some of the, um, not really news, but more pictures and information coming out of New York Comic Con. Nothing really too groundbreaking yet, I don't think. But I did see uh, someone was taking some pictures of some of the exhibits they have. They had an exhibit of the unredeemable Kylo Ren's helmet. And they had a little you know, plaque next to it explaining about Kylo Ren's helmet, 
how uh, you know he wears it as the master of the Knights of Ren, but something in, in the description, and uh, I don't have the picture in front of me, but it was just very interesting. Something in the, the description says that Kylo Ren wears the helmet to mask his identity. Huh. Which I don't think we've really heard before. I mean, it was always, oh, he's trying to be Vader like his grandfather. That's why he wears it. He's trying to strike fear into the hearts of his opponent. That's why he wears it. But would he really need to hide his identity? Or that makes sense. That maybe he does? Um, I don't I know. I mean, like sure, the upper echelons of the First Order know he's a little Ben Skywalker. I'm sure Han and Leia have told people in the Resistance, hey, that's... Uh, our son, you know, I'd imagine their media is a lot like ours, and because Leia and Han are prominent public figures, I'm sure people know who their son is. Even Boba Fett, I mean, Lor Santeca <laughs> knew that he was the son of Han and Leia. But do you think the First Order is trying to say, oh no, this is someone else, and if word gets out about who he really is, that would ruin him? I don't know. Or maybe it's like hiding his identity in the sense that Darth Vader wanted to suppress all memories of being Anakin Skywalker. Ooh. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. It's, it could be something that just some marketing people threw in there to sound smart. And, you know, once Pablo gets a hold of it, he's going to go with a, some whiteout and start plying it to the plaque and making some corrections of his own. Just thought it was interesting, though. What do you guys think? Anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. Hmm. So... What do you think? Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to... King Tom uh, included a uh, picture for me to look at. So I'm going to take a look at that real quick while you uh, okay. mull that over for our good listeners. What do you think about that? I, I really think that makes perfect sense. I think that makes more sense than him really trying to emulate Darth Vader. Uh, if the upper echelons of the... Uh, First Order found out he was, in fact, Ben Solo, I think they'd be like, what the fuck? You know, like... Our leader entrusts all this to a solo, like one of the dudes that helped take down the Empire. Is he an idiot? You know, like I think there would be backlash. You know, I don't think the name Solo is very popular with the remnants of the Empire or the name Organa or the name Skywalker. You know, I don't think I don't think anybody's looking to be connected to them in the First Order. I think you're probably I think that's a good point. Uh, you know, I'm sure there are like I, I would imagine sure that Hux does. That's what I was about to say. I imagine Hux does. Uh, and that's maybe, about it. maybe Phasma. You know. Um, other yeah, than maybe. that, we haven't really met enough high-ranking First Order people to get an idea. Yeah. You know. Uh, I don't think it's to hide his identity from the Resistance necessarily. Um, Unless he's a target. You know. It's. Uh, yeah, but. I also the resistance know who he is. I also think that it's probably also what King Tom said. It could also be um, that he is also using it to cast off the you know the identity of Ben Skywalker. Much of like you know, much like Darth Vader cast off Anakin Skywalker. You know, so I think it's probably a combination of the two. Um, you know, maybe for whatever reason he hates Han and Leia so much and, and hates his heritage or his connection to them so much that he doesn't want to, to go by the name they gave him. 
Um, yeah. But this is what the plaque says. Kylo Ren is the son of Han Solo and Leia Organa, protege of Luke Skywalker and eventual master of the Knights of Ren. He is known as the Jedi Killer amongst the rank and file of the First Order. His helmet was crafted to mask his visage and voice, concealing his identity as he delves further into the power of the dark side. See, that that delves further into the power of the dark side makes me think it's de- part of it is definitely that he is casting off the identity of Ben Solo. Of course, because Ben Solo was a Jedi. Right. Um, man, I really dig that Jedi killer line. You know why part of the reason I like that is... <clears throat> that also lets us know that the Jedi were established. For oh, to for be sure. a Jedi killer, you know, the Jedi are they once were def- again established amongst the galaxy. Yeah, I mean, I think we pretty much knew that from The Force Awakens, but it's just more com- confirmation, you know? Right. <clears throat> um Part of the reason I like that so much is, you know, after The Force Awakens, I went back and read all the spoiler articles and listened to all the spoiler uh, sections of the podcast on Now This Is Podcasting. And well before, well, well before we knew anything about Kylo Ren and stuff, they were uh, they were reporting that there was a Jedi killer and Jedi hunter in the movie. So, right. I just think that's cool. And uh, I would, I want to hear that in the movie though. Like that's a cool piece of lore. I would like to hear somebody refer to him as Jedi killer or the Jedi killer. That would be cool. Um, but the, the whole thing about his helmet is like, he's trying to hide his identity, but it really looks to be like, he's going to be unmasked more than he is wearing the helmet in the last Jedi. You know, at this point, you have to for I feel like you have. Well, I don't know. You can have him have it on sometimes. But like with as much as he didn't wear it in Force Awakens, you kind of unless his face is, you know, messed up, you have to give him some face time, you know. Right. Well, I think uh, it's probably uh, I think it's probably a matter of you can just get a better from a performance wise. Like that's exactly what I was going to say next. He it's easier for him to emote without a helmet. The other thing is, is like the Kylo Ren helmet is really cool to me. It is, it is worthy of being in the same league of like Darth Vader and Stormtroopers and things like that. Like they did a really good job with it, but it's also, I mean, let's just be honest. It's nowhere as good as Darth Vader. Like the way they could light Darth Vader's helmet and stuff, like you could get a lot of different like emotions out of just the lighting of Darth. Like for instance, the way the scene is lit when Darth Vader is looking back and forth between Palpatine and Luke, when Palpatine is trying to kill Luke, like he looks sad and he looks like pensive. And some of that is, you know, um, the person in the suit and some of that is just lighting and it's the design of the helmet, depending on how it's lit. It can look menacing. It can look angry. It can look all kinds of different things. So, um, yeah, I I think, you know, especially if this movie is going to be very character driven, like we're really going to get into these characters a lot more in this one. Yeah. um, Then I think you got to have 
him without the helmet for at least some of those performances. And there's definitely more unmasked Kylo merchandise for the Force, uh, the Last Jedi, than there is with him w- wearing a helmet. I'll say that. So to me, that makes it seem like he's helmet helmetless for the most part. Right, and that so. makes sense to me. <laughs> um, also, just as a minor note, it looks like I mean I would imagine in comparison, the Kylo Ren helmet looks a lot more uncomfortable, a lot tighter fitting you know, less easy to see. Yeah. Yeah. Than the Darth Vader helmet. For sure. I wonder, I don't know. I wonder if he, if that visor was there, or if that was added digitally, like, could he see, like, was that just cut out when they were filming and they went in and darkened it for the movie? Maybe it was know. there, but it was like a shade lighter, you know, yeah, something. Um, yeah, I just, but see that raises the question and if he if he's trying to hide his identity then why is he going without maybe he just doesn't give a fuck in the last jedi maybe he was trying to hide his identity before and during the events of the force awakens but now that it's out there he's like, fu- you know he's it's... like fuck it i'm not going to wear it. i think i think the whole kylo helmet thing is actually going to be somewhat of a plot point in the last jedi cuz we see it all busted up laying on the ground in the teaser that's true so I don't think it's going to be like a huge pop plot point, but I definitely think there's some going to be something up with that in the movie. So we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, let me check. Let me double check and make sure I'm not missing anybody. It doesn't look like it. Um, yeah, I think we're good. I think we're, uh, that's all our emails and voice messages. Um, right on. So, yeah, thanks to everybody that sent in a voicemail, sent in an email. You guys help yeah. us out every week. That was a great show. Those were great uh, voicemails. I think that's going to do it for this week, buddy. Thanks for uh, taking your time to record with me. Absolutely. Thank you for recording with me. Big show next week. It's looking like. still no Really, conf- really big show. <laughs> still no 100% confirmation, but damn, uh, I'm pretty confident in saying that we're all going to be real jazzed Monday night. Because we just saw, hopefully, a very kick-ass The Last Jedi trailer. I can't wait. I cannot wait. It seems like forever since April when we got that first teaser. So I'm ready to have mind grapes blown. Me too. Um, so yeah, guys, look forward to that. Uh, you guys will have plenty of time. If you want to send in voicemails or emails about the new trailer, there'll be plenty of time to do that. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, discussion topics for that, so get on it. Make sure to uh, leave us some iTunes reviews if you got the chance. It really helps us out. Uh, if you like the band that did our theme song, you should check them out. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, on Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And uh, I don't know. I think that'll do it. So uh, until next week. This has been Blue Harvest. I'm Hans Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. Oh, like that! May the Force be with us. <laughs>